walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump. I'm your host, Kyle, aka the hardest part of the ring. And oh, whoa, <laughs> man, let me, whoa. ah, man, I don't, I don't know why I just morphed into Robin Williams right there, but man, you better, you better put your kids to bed on, on this episode, everybody. Let me, let me, let me, let me tell you about that. Uh, you know, play, hide the women, hide the children, uh, even though there's a woman on this uh, episode, hide the women, hide the children. Uh, close your blinds, put the peanut butter away, because this episode here is uncensored. <laughs> oh, man, racy. Too hot for TV. It's uncensored. Uh, first ever uncensored. If you think I've said uncensored too many times, boy to howdy, do you not want to watch this fucking pay-per-view that I watched? Because they said it every goddamn five seconds. Uncensored. What a snapmare that man did because it's uncensored. Shut the fuck up, Tony Schiavone. I mean, I know they're fed this shit, but Christ on a cracker. Were they annoying on this show? But uh, yes, it is the uh, actually the first ever. Because yes, there would be more somehow after this. The first ever WCW Uncensored. 1995. And this is a... Um, they're kind of transitioning. In this era, they're they're uh, beginning to have more pay-per-views. And as Eric Bischoff has said in various interviews, it was kind of an idea, kind of a mentality they had to make each pay-per-view feel different, which is solid logic. I I, I don't hate that that uh, way of thinking that 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 strategy. Right. In fact, I, I really like it a lot. I, I feel like companies should strive to do that more today. But it's one thing to have a, an idea on paper and another thing to uh, let it play out in front of you. And uh, ultimately, Uncensored was just another shitty WCW pay-per-view. Man, just, you know, it's almost like I felt like what Extreme Rules is or was at one point where every match had a stipulation. But, um... Man, it was just absurd. And we get into it right at the beginning. Just sets the tone with how absurd all of these match types on this show were for various reasons. This show is just chock full of fucking contradictions, logic holes, 
just cartoony, just mid nineties garbage. And it's fantastic for a podcast like this one, but uh, yeah, not a great show. Uh, the, the, like I, I said in the podcast, I think, but the left hand was just not communicating with the right hand. In fact, I think the left hand took a uh, butcher's knife and slashed the right hand off of the arm and then took that severed hand and threw it in a river with alligators. I think that is what uncensored 1995 is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's where WCW's at. Hogan's here. Macho Man's here. And they're kind of just figuring everything out around it. You know, uh, Ultimate Warrior is here. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, huh? Yeah. And Ultimate Surprise is here, huh? Yeah. Uh, fuck. Fuck the Renegade, man. I just, look, we cover, we do it, we talk about it a lot in the podcast, but I'll, I'll just say this. Fuck the Renegade. But, uh, yeah, 1995, we're in February. Uh, just covered ECW Return of the Funker a few weeks ago. We see where ECW's at. They're really leaning into the extreme stuff. You have the Rotten Brothers just mutilating each other with barbed wire and glass and jizz and everything. And then you have WWF over here on the other side building up to fucking Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania 11. And then we're here at WCW. You got, you know, stuff I mentioned. Renegade, etc. Um, <laughs> and Balta. About to stumble into the fucking dungeon of doom bullshit, which I think lasts forever as well. So looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> but, no, this is actually a very, very fun episode. Just a, a hilarious time it, as it can only be with this kind of show uncensored. Brought on Katie from the Smacked Raw podcast. Katie, Katie, baby, as some of you may know her as. Um, Smacked Raw podcast. I've had RN on here before and plan to have other guys, including RN, and I would like to have Katie back on as well. Love, love the Smacked Raw podcast. All those guys, various shows they do. They kind of went through a rebranding uh, recently, and Katie touches on it at the end. So she does a better job than I could ever do. But they used to do like recaps of every show, but now they have uh, kind of transitioned to doing more uh, unique. Like each show has a different theme to it. For example, Katie, joined by her co-host Savannah, they do a show called the Sheelite Showcase every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. They just had their uh, first episode a few weeks ago. And uh, just a great watch. You can find it on Twitch. Uh, I believe it gets uploaded to YouTube afterwards. Uh, but they give kind of the uh, just a different perspective on wrestling, they cover uh, some topics you might not hear talked about that much, like New Japan and stuff like that. Um, but just, you know, just general wrestling talk around the world by two entertaining gals. And of course, you have uh, the weekly rundown with Kyle and RN. Uh, RN also has another segment called Mute RN, where he goes on uh, rants about various subjects. Um, and if you've listened to my uh, Progress Chapter 10 episode with him, you know that's going to be entertaining as hell. So Smacked Raw Podcast. Basically, I'm getting long-winded with it, but basically what I'm saying is they have a lot of good stuff over there. So go check them out. All their info in the description. 
find them on Twitter at SmackDrawPod. We'll bring it to a link tree that'll take you wherever your heart desires. Follow Katie on Twitter at KatieRasslin13. Like I said, everything's in the in the description. And let's get into it. I hope I hope the kids are. I hope you shut the doors and close the blinds because we're ready for uncensored 1995 with myself and Katie from the Smacked Raw podcast. So uh, yeah, I guess. Well, first of all, I just kind of want to ask: Are you uh, are you familiar with this era of WCW at all? No, not at all. No. Did you when, when did you start no. watching wrestling? Um, so this happened the year before I was born. I see. Um, so you probably weren't watching live, I guess. <laughs> so I was not watching live. Um, oh man. I don't even know the first thing I remember watching. All I know is that there is a baby picture of me somewhere in a stone cold shirt in my crib with like a binky in my mouth. That's all I really man, I, I'm going to applaud your parents. That That is great. <laughs> That's great. parenting. <laughs> That's the upbringing that I strive to have. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, so I was what two years old i guess no not even i was almost two years old when this happened and uh so i'm not very familiar with this era at all other than what i've covered in my podcast but um Mm -hmm. so since you're kind of coming in cold i just kind of want to ask what are you what are your overall thoughts on the show that you witnessed Uh, how how many stars oh. oh god You know, I'll give it I'll give it four stars because I think what this was like the first one they did. Yes, it was. There's definitely still. All right, my cat is like fucking with some shit back here. <laughs> You're good. Fucking asshole. He's <laughs> probably gonna be meowing at the door, but that's better than him eating cardboard behind me, I guess. That's true. <laughs> uh, we said four stars out of out of twenty. Yeah. So, I'll just set the scene here. So, I watched the show on Friday, right? And I had the day off. I was all excited. I had my coffee. I was like, man, I'm ready for some world championship wrestling action. And I turn on the show, and then I'm watching two assholes wrestle in hay on a semi truck. (laughs) Like, what is so uncensored? Uh. Like you said, this is the first uncensored they did and it's they're kind of trying to make it like like extreme rules is or was at, at yeah. one point where there's no rules <clears throat> it's not sanctioned which i didn't realize till the main event that there's no title matches on the show and i guess it's because it's not sanctioned technically even though there's uh, yeah. some you know whatever but um <laughs> so they're trying to make oh it's crazy you don't know what's gonna happen and you can even tell the commentators they're like being fed to like repeatedly say it's uncensored and like Tony Schiavone specifically is like very tongue in cheek about it, which is hilarious. But um, so every match has like some sort of gimmick or some weird tie tie in with something. It's all weird. But um, so, so the show opens up and uh, one of the big things that they're building on this show is that Hulk Hogan has an ultimate surprise, ultimate a, a warriorous surprise, some may say. It's uh, are you familiar with Renegade at all? Have you have you ever have you heard of Renegade? No. For good reason. Well, what, what are your? I mean, we'll talk more about him in the main event. But uh, were you a big fan of of the Renegade? Did Did he remind you of anybody? No. Nah, hmm, I don't know. 
couldn't, couldn't put my finger on it really, no. It's kind of his own character, understood. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the show opens up, and I've, I've talked about this before, but, like, the pacing of these pay-per-views that WCW does is so weird because it opens up, and it just goes to the commentators who are talking. It's like a pre-show almost to start the show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they they open the show with the match I just mentioned. It's a, a King of the Road match. Dustin Rhodes versus Blacktop Bully. And uh, can you describe what this match is or what the rules are? Um, oh, God. So it looked like something out of like Fear Factor. Like <laughs> they have to get in like through the yeah. truck uh, and then ring or like what? Blow a Blow horn. The horn. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just, I don't even know. <laughs> well, the thing is like, because yeah, like you said, they're in the back of a, like a, I guess a semi truck, but it's like a wooden thing. It's like, a, it's, it's basically like a steel cage, but made of wood. So a wood cage, yeah. I guess. Um, a wood cage. <laughs> so, so you could see inside. And uh, they're in hay because uh, Dustin Rhodes is country, so they're they're fighting in hay. I think is the story here. <laughs> and um, yeah, Fear Factor. That's, that's a great analogy. That's exactly what it was, but just without the harnesses. So yeah. they're fighting in the back of a truck, but the truck is moving. By the way, yes, which is important because neither guy could fucking do anything because they're trying to stand and walk around in a moving vehicle, which is. Yeah. It's dangerous as hell, especially with the horn, right? Because like you said, you got to blow the horn to win. But the horn is like up top, right? Because there's like a, ce- a wooden ceiling, you know, mm-hmm. like a hell in a cell, but with wood. And the, the horn, you have to like, because you can't just reach up. You have to like climb it kind of. I feel like that's like so dangerous because like I said, the truck is moving <laughs> and they're trying to like yeah. manipulate. I don't know. It was. I definitely didn't expect that, especially as the first match. Basically, my first taste of WCW. I did not expect <laughs> that. Um, I, it was real weird, very dangerous when you look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, the truck was taking fucking turns, too. Yeah. Jesus. It was it was brutal. Like, like I said, they couldn't do anything. I think there was, like, yeah. one pile driver in this match, but otherwise it was just guys, like, trying not to fall over. I think the truck did more damage just the inertia of the movement more so than <laughs> anyone did to each other yeah like throwing bales of hay at each other isn't gonna do <laughs> it's funny because they couldn't even sell it like because they were too focused on yeah. not falling off the truck so they would like hit each other with the bales of hay and it's like they didn't even register no. at all but um so yeah the truck moves they're on they're in tupelo mississippi so some back road who gives a fuck um, but, uh, they're going straight for a while and then they start turning and whatever, but, um, and they drive Bobby Heenan probably made this match. Cause at one point, uh, they drove through a, uh, trailer park or like by a trailer park and Bobby Heenan, uh, he's like, uh, Oh, it's a, what a beautiful area of Tupelo. I think it's where Elvis and his 14 brothers live or whatever, whatever he said. Um, so the commentary is like trying to make it like a serious. It's a weird t- way to open a show too for the live audience to yeah. cut to something on the Tron. But um, about ten minutes into, the, but first of all, this this match is way too long. I don't know how long this match way was. Way too long. It's like we get it. My God, this, it was like 15, 20 minutes of them just trying to fight in the truck where they can't. They stand. C- it could have been five, but like ten minutes in or so, they get to a point where there's like traffic around them. <laughs> what would you think if you're just driving? In Tupelo, Mississippi, 
and you see these two dickheads fighting in hay on a truck. <laughs> would you be concerned um, or we just keep driving? Well, if they, if they didn't have the police escort, I would probably call the police. Yeah. And she'd be like, the fuck's happening here? <laughs> just, I, I think I would just like, it's kind of like a car crash. Yeah. You just drive by it real slow, make sure everyone's right. okay, and then just keep going. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> eventually, they both, I can only describe them as two sloths cr- crawling on top of the, uh, the whatever you call it, cage, the wooden cage, to try to ring the bell or blow the, blow the horn, whatever it is. And, um, Whatever it is. <laughs> they're both straddling on the top, trying not to fall off to their death. Um, and then the truck just turns and Dustin falls off, but Blacktop Bully hangs on and he <laughs> honks the horn and gets the win. So <laughs> it wasn't even a move that he did to win. It was just, you know, it was fear factor. He was able to hold on longer. <laughs> it was fear factor. And yeah, I'm just like. I'm thinking in like kayfabe terms, terms like, do you think like the board of directors get together and like factor this match in as far as like who gets a title shot? You know, I want to say I hope not, <laughs> but I mean, probably. He hit him with hay more than the other guy, so he deserves to be the world champion. He honked the horn. <laughs> he deserves to be champion. That's how you. That's how you end a blood blood feud, I guess, in WCW. <laughs> So that's everyone take yeah. notes. <laughs> so, but after the match, the pyro goes off in the arena. So it was like, was this a pre-show? Was this a? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It was all weird. Um, but I guess <laughs> the show starts now, and uh, Arn Anderson cuts backstage. So there was a bunch of promos on this show. What what were your yeah. what were your thoughts? Just like in general, like the, the style of promos back then. I'm not really a fan. It was kind of just them, the backstage interviewers, I guess, or it was just the one guy. He was just trying to like ask some questions. Didn't matter who the hell it was. Just didn't pay attention to the question. Just kept talking, just spitting their (laughs) promos. It was just a lot of energy and kind of just came out of nowhere for some reason, for some of them. Yeah. wasn't really a fan. So was it talking or yelling? Uh, yeah, it was like screaming. For, for no Especially reason. Especially like what the nasty boys oh, did theirs. That was, that was just noises. That was like. There was no words. <laughs> it was like an 80, it was like a parody of an 80s wrestler. Like if you took somebody that never watched wrestling <clears throat> and you're like, hey, talk like a wrestler. Like that's that's how the nasty boys sounded. Yeah. Um, But Art, Art Anderson. <laughs> He's, he's the first backstage promo, and his was actually very good. Like, I would even say his is better than most promos today. Like, Arn Anderson is one of the best promos of all time. Um, yeah. But ultimately, he's trying to build up a... Uh, is that the next match? No, it's a, it's a match later in the show, but it's a boxer versus wrestler match. He's doing his best to <laughs> put credibility. He says that... Uh, so it's going to be Arn Anderson versus Johnny B. Bad. And Johnny is going to be wearing the boxing gloves because he's a, uh, a former boxer in real life. And Aaron's like, uh, oh, you, you're looking pretty desperate putting on them boxing gloves. And uh, I'm just going to DDT you and that's going to be it. That's basically the gist of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Colonel Parker rambles for a little bit. And Mike Tenay, by the way, is the interviewer, uh, former commentator for TNA. Um, and then we cut to a, a pre-match package for Ming versus Jim Duggan. It is a martial arts match. 
<clears throat> well, special <laughs> special referee Sonny Ono. <laughs> so I have a lot of thoughts on this match, but what were your thoughts on this uh, special attraction match? It, you know, lots of martial arts involved. It wasn't like, uh, yeah, lots of martial arts. <laughs> um, it, in Hacksaw Jim Duggan's mind, he just assumed it was still a normal mm-hmm. match. Which it, the dynamic of the two of them in this match was weird. Yeah, it was really fucking weird. Yeah, it's it was Mm-mm. kind of just like a normal match with um the, the, the only thing that made it martial arts was the referee and how they all had, they had the bow in the beginning. Yeah, like the whole presentation is just silly as fuck. Like there's like you have Jim Duggan coming out there in jeans. From martial arts. This isn't a street fight. <laughs> like his normal attire is more like martial. He wears like the baggy shorts or whatever. Like that's like perfect for a martial arts yeah. match. But he's out here in boots and jeans. Um, <laughs> and then like they go through the formalities in the beginning. They have to bow to Sonny Ono, the referee. But I don't think Duggan knows what to do here. If he's uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if anybody clued him in on what the formalities were here on what the. Uh, what the you know what you're supposed to do because he just he spends like seemingly like five minutes before the match just like stomping around to USA just like looking like an <laughs> idiot like what are you doing yeah it's just um but uh, like I said after a, a little bit finally he bows and uh he bows a few times actually then they like kind of square up each other and they bow again um Sonny Ono doesn't really seem like he knows what's going on. He's just kind of there. I don't think anyone <laughs> knows what's going on in this match. That's the problem. It's so unnecessary, all this stuff. Um, so Duggan fights. They, they start fighting. Duggan loses his boots like right right away. He takes his boots off and starts beating <laughs> Ming with it. Um, yeah, Ming has this nerve hold on Jim Duggan, which is like most of the match, honestly, is, is Ming, you know, Duggan's on his ass on the, on the on the mat and Ming has his thumb in his neck or whatever. But Jim Duggan isn't selling it at all. In fact, he's even being like, nope. you know, that Jim Duggan, you know, it's like it's not affecting him at all, like trying to get the crowd behind him. Yeah, this match is pretty much just uh, Duggan taking off his boots, hitting Ming with it, punching him a few times and then getting locked in into a nerve hold over and over again uh ultimate uh duggan tries to headbutt ming but it backfires because he's tongan uh ming's feet you know he, he, he chokes duggan with his feet in the ropes and at this point i notice how fucking disgusting ming's feet are i don't know if that's his gimmick or if, <laughs> if that's just uh i don't that, know that's his, that's his blood i guess but um duggan eventually hits ming with a three-point stance clothesline. But uh, Ming gets right back up. Colonel Parker, the manager of Ming, gets on the apron, distracts Duggan, and Duggan's like trying uh, to punch Colonel Parker on the apron. Sonny Ono has his other arm trying to bring him bring him back in the ring. So Duggan, both Duggan's hands are kind of neutralized, and this allows Ming to give him a super kick to the face for the win. So I guess the story is Duggan was defenseless and Ming was able to get a cheap win. But uh, yeah, that that's a match. That that was a match. <laughs> any other any other thoughts on the martial arts? 
the lack of martial arts. That that'll do it. There was one kick though. One. Yeah. That one kick. Yeah. You you booked this match. Martial arts. One kick. It was good. That's it. It was good. And some bowing, but nobody knows how to bow. Nope. And then it's just five minutes of awkward, weird shit in the beginning. Uh, no. <laughs> That's just like a perfect like what the show was. It's like the left hand isn't talking to the right. Nobody's communicating with anybody, and it's just a mess. Yep. Um, yep. But I, I, I can kind of appreciate what they're trying to do here. You know, they're trying to. Uh, they were known WCW for trying to make each pay per view kind of have its own theme. So I, in a way, I appreciate it. But it was definitely uh, there were some kinks to be worked out. I think. Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, just, just me. <laughs> but uh, after that, they cut backstage to Johnny Be Bad. He has the boxing gloves on, his heels warming up, all that stuff. Um, then it cuts to Arn Anderson again for some reason with his truck. Uh, what was he saying? Do you, do you remember this? Arn Anderson, it cuts like to a pre-recorded where he just drives up in his truck and is like talking. Yeah, I don't remember what the hell he's talking about, though. It, it felt redundant um, of his previous promo. Yeah, I think it was basically just like the same thing he said before. Yeah. Except now he was in front of his truck. It just felt like a Wrangler jeans commercial or something. I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of what it looked like, honestly. (laughs) For the 90s, that's exactly what it was. That's why I didn't remember what he said. I was too drawn into his handsomeness. (laughs) But that brings us to the boxer versus wrestler match. You had Johnny B. Bad versus Arn Anderson. Um, like I said, Johnny be bad. He's a uh, former Golden Gloves fighter, something or another. He's a legit boxer in in some in some way. Um, I don't know why. Like, this is, it just seems like a disadvantage for Johnny. It's almost like one of those like you have one arm tied behind your back kind of deals. But because um, mm-hmm. Larry Arn Anderson can do everything, and Johnny is neutralized by these gloves. But. But the match is uh it's 10 three minute rounds. And uh Johnny B. Bad comes out with his trainer, Rock Finnegan, who has like a cigar in his mouth because it just has to be like on the nose, like Rocky, mm-hmm. like exactly Rocky. It's gotta be. Uh, I guess it was topical. When, when did Rocky come out? Was that 80s? You probably don't know. Why am I asking you? You're born uh, you're born five years after the show. Hey. <laughs> Just because I wasn't born doesn't mean I. I'll look it up. Keep talking. But um, so the match gets underway. Johnny, Johnny actually dominates like the first two rounds because his boxing is just like, his boxing looks really good actually. I mean the way that because I guess the gloves it's easy to uh, work it I guess. Um, so the first two rounds Johnny is like peppering Arn Anderson with shots, but um, and in between rounds by the way you get like a one minute rest period in the corner just like a boxing match and after the second round johnny's sitting in the corner arn anderson comes to his corner beats the shit out of him gives him a ddt just like a boxing match right (laughs) yeah Um, johnny kind of sells the ddt but not really um the third round starts anderson has the advantage because of that ddt I guess he like throws him to the outside, starts beating him down. Now it becomes a wrestling match. Now Johnny's finally at a disadvantage. Um, There's a spot where Colonel Parker, who is ringside with Arn Anderson, 
He holds uh, the wooden stool in the corner, and Arn Anderson throws Johnny into it, which is a cool little spot. Um, but uh, the round three bell rings, and then once again, Arn Anderson <laughs> attacks Johnny in the corner. Um, but this is after Johnny's trainer cuts his glove, so he has one glove off. And uh, the third round, or the fourth round, whatever it is, gets underway. And uh, the tr- Rock Finnegan, Johnny B. Badge trainer, puts a, a steel bucket on Arn Anderson's head. And Arn Anderson's just like, oh, like a fucking cartoon character with this bucket <laughs> on his head. And uh, Johnny, with his exposed hand, hits Arn through the bucket and then punches him once again and knocks him out. So Arn Anderson, it's like a boxing rule. So you can win with a 10 count knockout. So. That knocks out Arn Anderson and Johnny B. Bad wins. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Rocky, nineteen seventy-six. Seventy-six. Jesus. Yeah. That's an. That's the first. That's one. an old motherfucker, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know anything. I was like, is ninety-six Rocky come out? Um, nope. <laughs> but yeah, what were your what were your thoughts on this match? Um, I liked that it was kind of you could have won with like the boxing ten count. Yeah. Or I think they said you could have pinned as well. I liked the culmination of both since they were billing this as a boxer versus wrestler mm-hmm. match. I I mean, Arn kind of just attacking him in the rest period. That there was like, what was the point of those at that point? He just kept attacking him anyways. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was. It was better than I thought it would be. I'll, p- I'll put it that way. Better than King of the Road. <laughs> well, you know, I guess that that's the key. You set a low bar. You have King of the Road, and then you have Ming and Jim Duggan stomping around like assholes for a couple minutes. Exactly. And then this seems good. <laughs> exactly. What would, you, what would you say is better, this match or the cage fight that we saw in AEW between uh, Wardlow and Jake Hager? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... I'm gonna give it to Hager and Wardlow, mm. just because it was it didn't last as long. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose that's a good point. Um, there was less less steel buckets involved, I guess. Exactly. And trainers with cigars in their mouth. God. Um, <laughs> but uh, don't worry, we got some more red hot action coming your way. We got Avalanche, <laughs> or or ice cold, I guess, right? Because he's a uh, snow. It's Avalanche. Uh, yeah, we got Avalanche versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Man, this is like, I'm gonna be honest, man. WCW fucking sucks in this period because, like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it because it was I was frustrated with the show at this point because it's like, and with the past shows that I've covered, because it's it's so formulaic. Like you have a heel and you have a baby face. It seems like every match is the heel just putting the baby face in rest holds for a long time. And then there's some sort of anticlimactic finish. And we'll see that with, yeah. uh, with this match and the next match. But, uh, we have avalanche who is earthquake from WWF. He, um, he's a big boy. So he dominates most of the match, you know, with a bunch of power slams and splashes and stuff like that. Macho man gets a few flurries in there. I mean, Macho, I mean, as far as people that are working hard, Macho Man is probably working the hardest at this point because he's kind of fresh off of his, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but in WWF, he was a commentator for a little bit. 
and he was uh, not content with that. So that's why he came over to WCW so he can wrestle. So Randy's still just excited to be in the ring, I think. So I did not know that, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're just like a few months from his debut here. So um, so okay. he, he has a lot of energy out there. The crowd loves Macho Man. Um, they're fighting on the outside. And uh, a woman jumps the barricade. A woman. Uh and starts beating the shit out of Randy Savage. Uh, so lo and behold, it's actually not, a, let me tell you, it's actually not a woman. It's uh, it's someone in disguise. It's uh, turns out to be Ric Flair. <clears throat> so to give you some context, Ric Flair, a few months ago at Halloween Havoc, lost a career match versus Hulk Hogan. So he, he lost to Hulk Hogan. So he had to retire. And um, so he's, but the thing is, though, it's it's uncensored and they're all they're building. This is like it's unsanctioned. And I think they even mentioned at the beginning of the show that Ric Flair is allowed to be here because it's not sanctioned. Yeah. Like they explicitly say yeah. that. So why is Ric Flair dressed as a woman to get into this match? You know, uh, maybe he just wanted to dress like a lady for a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. Is that, you know, I guess that makes sense. We all kind of go through our phases where we put on dresses and lipstick sometimes you just want to look pretty he did look really pretty <laughs> did he i guess you know as far as I, I mean it's like it almost fit in a weird way yeah i mean when the you know when flair first attacked uh macho man it did actually look like a lady yeah and then you realize until, until she started flair. chopping him like, uh, yep. <laughs> like that's not very ladylike. I don't know that's, if that's how you were raised, but I don't know if if young ladies are getting taught how to chop people. Yeah, that chop looked oddly familiar. So I don't know if like Charlotte clearly wasn't born yet. Right. So I don't know. I think she. I think she was like a very small child at this point. But um, was she? Because it was yeah, ninety ninety five, right? Yeah. Because I think she's older than I am, and I was born at this point. So, um. So very small child, very, not in the business very yet. Very small, very small. Um, very small. So uh, the co- they're like, the commentators kind of realize this as Ric Flair is attacking them. They, re- they realize that he is allowed to be here. So they're like trying to paint it like Flair's just unhinged and he's just crazy. You know, he just he wants to put on lipstick and, you know, beat the hell out of people. Um. <laughs> But uh, so we got Flair and Avalanche teaming up on Randy Savage. Uh, but thank God Hulk Hogan is here to make the save. Thank God. Ugh. So he runs him off. And here's the thing. Randy Savage wins by disqualification. Do you see anything wrong with that? Uh, there's there's not supposed to be any rules. It's so uncensored. How's there a disqualification? That's, <laughs> I heard that. And I was just like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Okay. No, it's like I said, there's just like some sort of lack of communication backstage with the rules and the commentators and the wrestlers and the agents booking the match, whoever it is. This is no one's talking to each other, clearly. Nobody's nobody's saying a damn thing to each other. It's all over the place. But uh, yeah, not much else to the match other than that. Anything else kind of catch your attention from these two? No, <laughs> you a big Avalanche fan. No, <laughs> not really. 
Do, who do you like better, Avalanche or Earthquake? I see. I vaguely remember Earthquake, so I'm gonna go with Earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just like Avalanche, cool name. But then I was like, wait, he actually wait. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so weird seeing like all of these people who I know from like WWF, WWE, mm-hmm. and WCW. So it's it was so weird. I was like, holy shit! I don't know. Half of them were in there at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's like half the show at this point is like ex WWF guys, I feel like, or guys that yeah. go to WWF soon, like uh, Johnny B. Bad. But um, cut backstage here. We get a long winded promo by the Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat, there's, they're still like very, you know, yell at the camera kind of promo, but for whatever reason, it's, it's fine with me, with them. I feel like they're just better at it, maybe. Yeah. Um, you got Sister Sherry with them. Um, she's rambling about something. But then, like, she's like mid sentence. And then Mike Tanay, who's the, the interviewer, just pulls the mic away. It's like, all right, back to you. It's like, <laughs> shut the hell up, Sherry. Yeah, honestly. But then that brings us to Sting versus Big Bubba Rogers. Um, Big Bubba, if you're not familiar, he's a former big boss man. That's That's what I thought. Yeah. So he's gone through a few iterations already. He's only been in WCW for a little bit, but he came in as the boss and there and WWF was like, wait a minute, that's too close to the big boss man because he was still coming out with his nightstick and all that. Oh, okay. So they changed him to the guardian angel. Um, who's it's like a local New York vigilante group. So that, that was who he was. He didn't come out with wings, which okay. I, which is what I thought he was, but that's very disappointing, but apparently they decided that was stupid. So now he's Big Bubba Rogers. <laughs> and uh, I think I like the Guardian Angel better. Well, you don't like his fedora? No! <laughs> Look at my fucking shameless now. Like, get out oh, of here. Oh, no. How dare you? How dare you? This, but yeah, this is like, this is probably my least favorite, like, version of Big Boss Man here. He's just like, I don't know, man. Anybody that wrestles in suspenders and dress shirts... We got heat with me, I think. They can't be trusted. <laughs> can't trust them. <laughs> no, you can't. No. Um, but this match, once again, it's like very plotting. It's like this one point in the beginning where Sting takes Bubba's jacket. He has like, a, by the way, he's like a gangster jacket, pinstripe jacket and the stupid hat. Um, Sting takes it, puts it on, and this really offends Bubba. Um, you don't take a man's hat. That's one thing. That's one thing you got to know. Um, Sting even gives a leg drop to the hat, which is, uh, was dastardly, dastardly, <laughs> which reminded me wasn't, f- I don't know when it happened. Flair, like doing all the moves on his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> That's immediately <laughs> he, what I thought of. Yeah. He would like give knee drops to his like coat. He would get all worked up and throw it on the, on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> um, but other outside of that. There's one point where Sting does like a leapfrog over Boss Man, but injures his knee coming down. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the story of the match. You have Boss Man putting on submissions, kind of just like weak, lazy submissions on, on Sting throughout this match. Uh, but eventually, Sting kind of fights back with a German suplex and a splash off the top rope. And that's pretty much the extent of the offense he gets in because Boss Man then cuts him off with a chop block to the leg. Um, Sting tries to fight back a little bit, goes for a body slam, 
but boss man is too heavy coupled with his already injured leg so sting topples over boss man lands on him and just pins him so one two three via boss man just falling on sting yeah good stuff right yeah oh so so uh exhilarating <laughs> what was your favorite spot of the match the hat <laughs> honestly though yeah i mean this match is so, again just like a super long match for no reason mm-hmm. and such a small percentage of it was entertaining like you said the hat spot was probably the best part of it but uh after that cut backstage once again to the nasty boys like we talked about earlier just yelling at the camera for no reason very loud um, but i guess that's how you build to a falls count anywhere match which is what we got here. Harlem Heat versus the Nasty Boys. Man. So Wasn't this just, I think, I didn't they build this as like a Texas Tornado match? Was it? It, it might have been. No, well, 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 it was False Count Anywhere because that's where the finish was. And, yeah. Um, but you're probably right. I just copied it from But again, website. no rules. So who actually knows? Right? <laughs> Isn't every match False Count Anywhere technically? Yeah. I mean, I feel like every match could have had, you know, fighting in the concession stand. Every match should have had fighting in the concession I'm stand. I'm going to tell you this. It wouldn't have made the show worse. It would have only made it better. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't go down anymore. You can only go up. Uh, so Sherry comes out without the Harlem Heat. Uh, then the Nasty Boys come out and they're like, where's the Harlem Heat? And they're looking towards the aisle way. You can see what's coming three miles away. The, yep. the Harlem Heat come out through the crowd, ta- attack the Nasty Boys from behind. Uh, Sherry gets involved to she takes a a pit stop from one of the Nasty Boys. Are you familiar with the pit stop? No. Or, or Pity City, I think is what they called it, is when they just take somebody and put them in their uh, their armpits. It's cool, right? Pity City. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. You probably wouldn't like that if somebody did that to you, right? No, no, no. Sounds like effective offense to me then. Uh, True. The nasty boys, they bring a trash can out with them and uh, they dump it on Stevie Ray. Again, just very effective offense. Uh, It quickly breaks down. They fight to the concession stand that's like by the stage and immediately they start like throwing soda soda is spilling everywhere so they're they're fighting i don't know what was more unstable the king of the road match or this match (laughs) because they're like bambi on an ice rink out there yeah i i think i think i'm gonna give it to this match at least there was like a little bit of stability in king of the road they had like something to grab onto yeah yeah. nope (laughs) um there's like Brian Knobs hits Stevie Ray with a plastic bin, but he just slips on all the soda and just, I, mean, I don't know how nobody got a concussion or maybe they did. I don't know. Like just from yeah. slipping all over the soda on the concrete floor out there. Uh, Harlem heat's covered in mustard. It's just, it's just chaos. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this, this is probably my biggest laugh of the show. It was because of a line that Bobby Heenan had. So there's a point in the match where Booker T throws Brian Knobs into one of the concession stands back there. And the, and the concession stand just obliterates like it explodes 
And then Bobby, Bobby Heenan on commentary is like, you know, that's that's someone's house here in Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I remember that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this match is just they're they're back there. There's no cohesion. There's no like ebbs and flows. There's no peaks and valleys. It's just nope. let me grab this. Let me grab this cut and candy and hit you with it. Let me grab uh, this this ketchup and squirt you with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're fighting, and the bell just rings randomly. The camera did not catch the pinfall, at least not that I saw. Nope. Um, I didn't either. So they cut to a replay, and apparently Brian Knobs hits Booker T with like a world's strongest slam kind of move onto the onto the rubble of the concession stand that broke down earlier, and uh, that gets them the win. So the Nasty Boys win the match, and uh, yeah, lots of lots of mustard, lots of lots of mess. <laughs> uh yeah anything else stick out to you in this match um didn't at one point like i don't know the nazi boys like names or anything one of them just don't they just like push sherry like at the end and she just like falls (laughs) (laughs) i mean there were point everybody was just falling by themselves that's the only thing i remember (laughs) is like right before the bell rings i think they kind of just like shove her and then she like slides and then just falls into the rubble. Sherry takes a, a couple of nasty spills in this match. Like I said, this is just like there's there's slipping all over the place just for that being said though, might be my match of the night. Honestly? It's from pure entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I have to agree. I don't know what else you'd put maybe the main event, but even that was I guess it has some entertaining aspects to it, but We'll uh, we'll get into it here. So we have that cuts after that with a a promo from Vader. He's yelling. Uh, Ric Flair's there. He's yelling. Um, but Ric Flair is still wearing his lipstick and mascara, which is terrifying. <laughs> it looks like he just got punched in the eye. It's so dark. Yeah. I mean, anybody listening to this, if you watch one thing from this show, watch this promo from Ric Flair. It is it is captivating. But like I said, it's some, it just fits somehow. Like, if you wanted to be that, I'd be like, okay, okay, Rick. It fits. His nails are painted. <laughs> I noticed that, yeah, too. Yeah, he went full gimmick with it, and I get I, much respect to Rick Flair for He's doing like, God damn it, pal, I'm doing one thing on this show. I'm going to do it right. <laughs> um, but that brings us to the main event. We have a leather strap match. And... I mentioned it before that there was no title matches on this show, but I didn't really realize it until this match as I was watching it. I was like, wait, is this for the title or not? Because Hulk Hogan's the world champion, but they never mentioned it for the title or whatever. Um, But I bring that up because the commentary is reinforcing that it's unsanctioned, unsanctioned, unsanctioned. And it cuts to Michael Buffer, who is introducing the match in the ring. And he says, this match is sanctioned by the WCW board of the like Michael <laughs> you have one job again <laughs> just throw a knot in there not sanctioned they uh apparently so strap matches the, the rules change through through the years i mean sometimes you have to touch each corner to win sometimes like we've seen recently you just have to pin your opponent but you just happen to be attached to them 
But in this in this version, you have to touch each corner to win. Um, which is weird because it's not a title match, so it's like if it's a blood feud, wouldn't you just want to beat down your I don't know. I don't even want to try to get into their logic. <laughs> <laughs> they have no logic. Yeah. So it's, That's the problem. That is, There's nothing there. Oof. Man, WCW, let me tell you. Um, and by the way, the whole night commentary is like, where's Jimmy Hart? You know, no, no. Jimmy Hart's <laughs> missing. Who gives <laughs> a fuck where Jimmy Hart is? And like, never. Well, I mean, he was supposed to be in Hulk Hogan's corner. It's vital. Because yeah. Vader had flair. Mm. But Jimmy Hart's missing. And all Hogan has is this renegade. All he has, he's an ultimate surprise. Stop it. <laughs> How dare you? We could uh, we could do like a whole hour just on Renegade and the things <laughs> that he did in this match. Like So like the match starts, right? So Invader and Flair are in the ring, cornering Hogan. So he's at a disadvantage, and it's okay because it's uncensored. It's uncensored. And uh so they're cornering Hogan in the ring. Hogan has his belt. He's like, oh, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm at the bad end of a numbers game here. And then Renegade comes out. Like <laughs> just a sigh. All you I can do. Even. He literally has the ultimate warrior music like the down to the music, down to the, the hair, the face paint, the boots. Yep. It's just like, Everything. I'm wondering, like, were they trying to convince the audience that it was actually Ultimate Warrior? Because I didn't live through this time. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think, like, if you if you bought this pay-per-view, you're like, oh, I'm going to get to see uh, Jim Helwig on this show? <laughs> um, I mean, the way they were, like, building it and, like, kept saying it. That, like you said, ultimate surprise and shit like that. And then you see him mm-hmm. probably like if you quickly look up, you'd be like, whoa, holy shit. That's the ultimate warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, maybe they did it. That was kind of just like their driving point. They're like, we're going to trick people in thinking this is the ultimate warrior. We're the closest thing you're going to see. Yeah. Which I, I mean, he gets there eventually. But man, because and there was like a. At the beginning of the show, they actually showed a highlight from uh, WCW Saturday Night where Hogan's cutting a promo. And in the background, there is this this figure. He's like behind smoke. And then yep. it's almost like they're trying to conceal that it's not Ultimate Warrior, but they're kind of alluding to it. So yeah. I don't know, man. Who knows? But uh, Renegade comes out. He has an R painted on his face. In in the in the colors of Hulk Hogan, so the the red and yellow, it's an R, because Renegade. It's pretty cool, right? (laughs) Because of Renegade. Oh, so. (laughs) And uh, so Flair is trying to get involved in the match because Renegade comes out. He he runs Flair off, but several points in the match, Flair gets in the ring, but Renegade gets in there, chases him around. I don't know why Renegade runs like this. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to get up and, like, re- replay what he did. <laughs> but, like, oh, he's, like, like, uh, like, uh, you watch Spongebob at all? I do. I watch do it know- all day on Saturday. <laughs> do you know the episode where they're, like, cavemen? Yep. 
That's like I, I'm picturing Patrick running around, just like he even has like the the uh, what do you call it the skirt the uh, the loincloth loincloth. That that's right. That's basically what he has on. It's like running with a stick up his ass. Like, I don't know why he runs like that. Is he hurt? I don't know. But Maybe he just runs like that in general. Who knows? Uh, he has a lot of energy, this renegade. Let me tell you. I mean, we could shit on him all day. But this this man, he, he's hyped. A lot he's of Mountain really... Dew before this show, I'm sure. Um, he's, uh, I don't know. I don't think he ever hits anybody or does any offense, though. Am I right in that? I, from what I can recall, I don't think so. I don't think he actually hits anybody. I'm wondering, is he like so untrained that they're just like, hey, all you got to focus on is looking like the ultimate warrior. Don't worry about how to work, working punches, uh, suplexes, selling. Don't, don't worry about any of that. Just know how to chase flair and yell at the sky. And he did great. <laughs> You know what? As far as as far as chasing somebody and yelling at the sky goes, this guy is 10 out of 10. I'll be honest. 20 out of 20 stars just for him. I mean, at the point, the point, if he comes out and people are probably unsure if this is Warrior or not. But I'll tell you what's, what told him that it was not Warrior is when he from the ring jumped from the ring over the top rope to the outside. Because uh, Jim Helwig does not have that athleticism to him. So <laughs> it was like, oh. There's a different chap here. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a match going on, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, somehow. <laughs> other than this. Uh, in the ring, Vader is choking Hogan with a strap. He's whipping him in the back like uh, Jackson Riker. He's... Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Hart comes out. By the way, oh, we found Jimmy Hart. <laughs> yeah, we God. found Jimmy Hart, guys. He's uh, still kind of like tied up. His shirt's ripped. His shirt's ripped, but like he looks fresh as a daisy. <laughs> like he runs out there. He just there. looks a little distressed. That's it. Mildly distressed, but he's running fine. He's moving around fine. He still has his megaphone. He's still, you know, cheering on. Like nothing happened. He just happens to have holes in his shirt. That's it. Like a cartoon character. He has like the bruises on his face, but <laughs> that, that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as that goes in this. Um, Jimmy Hart comes out finally now the commentators can shut the hell up about it um, the match continues they fight to the outside Hogan and Vader do uh, they do a spot where uh, the strap like one guy's on one corner of the ring one guy's on the other uh, other side of the corner post and uh, I think it's Vader. Uh, Hogan pulls the strap to make Vader run into the corner post, mm -hmm. which is a cool little spot given the uh, yeah. the gimmick here. Uh, steel chair, well, not steel chairs, <laughs> like uh, balsa wood chairs, maybe. What are your thoughts on these chairs that were involved in this match? I didn't expect them to be wood chairs. <laughs> I really was expecting like a steel chair. Nope. And I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> How's that going to hurt anybody? Hey, these chairs exploded when they hit. So that must have been must have been effective. It's cheap as wood. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a grade A uh, lumber. How dare you say that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like whatever they make the guitars out of that just explode over people's heads. That's exactly. what these chairs were made out of. But at one point, Vader has Hogan beaten down on the outside. He's just beating him down, and Vader just turns around and clocks Renegade. And commentary... <laughs> so Vader hits Renegade, and Renegade, like, 
he doesn't fall down, but he definitely he he re- he registers it. Like he gets hit hard with it. Um, but one renegade doesn't retaliate. He just runs to him and goes, Rah! like like he <laughs> does throughout this match. And um, commentary is like, he didn't even move. Vader hit renegade, and he didn't even feel it. But my man, we just saw him almost fall over from one clubbing shot. Yeah, like. He doesn't know how to hit people. All he can do is scream. He, he runs. Ah! <laughs> this whole this whole match is all he does. Um, and uh, like I'm I'm gonna have to clip it and put it on social media. It was just hilarious. This renegade fellow. Um, but they're back in the ring. Hogan and Vader are. Man, Hogan. I don't know if Hogan's big boots were always this awful, but they were especially prominent in this match. I don't know if you caught that at all. At all. Um, yeah, like I feel like Charlotte doesn't, and I hate Charlotte. Like that's that's a given fact. I think right. Charlotte's big boots are better than Hogan's at that point. Yeah, like, they were just not doing anything. Because Hogan, his big boots, he puts his foot up and just waits to the gut for the guy to run into it. <laughs> that's it. Like you lazy piece of shit, just fucking do it yourself. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, this isn't peak Hogan necessarily, but he's still like, he has 10 years left in his career. Like he's relatively how in his prime. Like what is this? 95. Yeah. Cause 95. like 11 years later, he wrestles Randy Orton. So it's like, he's still, oh he's still like in the middle of his career. So he should be able to put up a boot that could. Exactly. So do it. You, Whatever. I'm not going. I'm not going off right yeah, now. Yeah, seem- you have a, you have a lot to say about Hulk Hogan. It seems like, but it's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, that seems like a theme. Everybody I bring on here is like, fuck Hulk Hogan. He's a piece of shit. Like, he's a real he American. Is. He's a real American. He's American made. <laughs> Listen, his theme song may be a banger, but he's a piece of garbage. Do you prefer his WCW theme song or his WWE one? WWE. Oh man, I don't know this. Uh, man, I can't even think of how the WCW one. I was about to sing it, but I can't even think how it goes at this point. I, yeah, that's the thing. I can't even remember how it goes. Well, I didn't post. I'll just put it. I'll, it'll be a bed underneath our uh, entire commentary here. Okay. But um, so Hogan hits a boot, not a big boot. He hits a boot, followed oh. by a leg drop, and then uh, remember, you can't win by pinfall. You have to touch all four corners. So Hogan, yeah. and he's attached to Vader by a strap, obviously, as per the uh, strap match. So Hogan touches one corner, two corner, three corner, goes to touch the fourth, but a masked man comes out and he hits Renegade in the back with a chair, which allows, uh, so Renegade's down and which allows Ric Flair to get in the ring because Ric Flair's not getting involved because Renegade's there to scare him away. Um, so Ric Flair's in the ring now. He stops Hogan from touching the fourth corner. He hits him with another wooden chair Chair explodes. Ric Flair turns around. He's all happy with himself doing the whole Ric Flair thing. But then Hogan <laughs> hulks up. Um, or does he? Is it? Is it? Does he hulk up at that point? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, maybe he hulked up earlier and I just forgot to mention it. But I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things. But the finish comes when uh, Vader. So Hogan's down. I guess it's from the chair shot from Flair. Vader touches three corners. But before he could touch the fourth corner, Flair is like, wait a minute, Vader. Not yet. Let's continue the punishment. So 
he convinces Vader to do a splash from the top rope onto Hogan. But Vader just takes the strap off. So it's like, we're in a strap match. I feel like you shouldn't just be able to take the strap off. <laughs> I feel like that kind of just... The, well, again, there's no... It's uncensored! Rules, but I feel like... It's uncensored. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's uncensored. No rules. <laughs> unsanctioned. Everything's unsanctioned. Um, Vader gets, I guess, to the second rope and does like a somersault, tries to hit Hogan, but Hogan gets out of the way and Vader lands on the wooden chair. Um, Vader rolls out of the ring. Flair gets in there, hits Hogan. Oh, this is the part. Here we go. We got we got the Hulk up part now. So Flair gets in there, hits Hogan with another chair. Hogan, Hogan hulks up, beats up Flair, gives him another big boot, uh, gives or another boot, puts the strap on so the strap that Vader took off. He puts that side onto Flair's wrist. <laughs> Flair, who is not only not in the match, but he's not even in WCW by all, you know, if we're talking kayfabe terms, yeah. puts the strap on the Flair, touches all four corners and gives him the win somehow. So Hogan wins. The match, uh, Vader, Vader so attacks man. after the bell, um, and there's some shenanigans afterwards. But uh, as far as the match itself, do you have any other uh, other thoughts? I just don't. I still like it. Still doesn't make any sense how Hogan wins. Flair's not in the match, and like you said, he's not like in WCW at this time. Yeah. Ha- what the fuck? Even commentary is just like, they're just like, oh, like he wins. It's uncensored. How does he win? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's uncensored. It's, uh, man, this this show, man, this show. Yeah, thank you for this being my introduction. To yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're, you're, but um, I, th- I feel like this whole match really is just like an avenue to get to how this show closes because, um, you have both. So Vader gets in there. He attacks Hogan. Um, him and uh, fucking Flair are attacking Hogan. Then another masked man comes out with a chair. Or No, I'm sorry. It's the same masked man. So supposedly, right? He comes out with a chair. He's acting like he's going to hit Hogan with it. But by God, he turns on Flair and Vader. My God, what's happening? And then uh, he hits Flair. He hits Vader, this masked man. Takes off his mask. It's Macho Man. Oh, my God. It's Macho Man. Scooby-Doo-ass bullshit. (laughs) Takes off his Macho Man. It was you all along? And then, like, while all of this is happening, there's, you know, Arn Anderson comes out. He has his wrists... And his legs tied together, and he's in like the black outfit that the masked man yeah. was wearing. So this is suggesting that Arn Anderson was the masked man that came in during the match, but Macho Man attacked him backstage, tied him up, and disguised took his mask. Took his mask, and now he's the it's a whole whole switcheroo here. So Arn Anderson's hopping literally up. is an episode of fucking Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Literally, like hopping out there, he has, he has a gag in his mouth. Arn Anderson does. Um, so Macho Man helps Hogan and Jimmy Hart and Renegade fight off Flair and Vader. 
So the show closes with Hulk Hogan's music playing and Hogan, Macho Man, Jimmy Hart and Ultimate, I mean, Renegade <laughs> celebrating in the ring. And I think even commentary is like, well, man, this picture will be in the newspaper tomorrow. It's like that's literally this whole show, I think, was for this picture to be in the newspaper <laughs> tomorrow. Probably. But uh, yeah, Probably. that's how the show closes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I made you watch this show. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, I wanted to be on this show. I would have watched fucking whatever. No, it's it's look this this era of WCW. It's it's the logic. I mean, it's Swiss cheese. This logic, man. There's holes everywhere. <laughs> but it's like. I mean, clearly. You said it earlier. It's like a car crash, and that's pretty much what this whole show was. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it, overall. It yeah. <laughs> Any other overall thoughts of this show? Um, I, I, no, now all I can think of is Scooby-Doo. Yeah. This is a whole ass episode of Scooby-Doo. Jimmy Hart's missing in the beginning. Oh my God, he's back. Mass men. Are like, you glad that we found Jimmy Hart? Uh, yeah, so they could shut the fuck up about it, yes. <laughs> every match it, it nothing related to Jimmy Hart in any way shape or form every match they're just like oh still no word of Jimmy Hart but yeah. obviously he's missing guys you're not gonna fucking find him <laughs> he finds himself and comes he does out. yeah he figures yeah we don't really <laughs> no, they don't really bring that up how he was able to escape or whatever he just... they allude to the fact that he was like tied up they're like oh his wrists are tied and okay and I, I guess he chewed his it. way out, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe Macho Man got him. I don't know. There's, there's a whole other subplot that they could have gotten into, but maybe that'll be the next show. But the, that'll be censored. The, ne- the, the next shows after this will be censored. So. Oh, thank God. I'm sure we won't have to deal with the chaos that we saw at Uncensored 1995. I mean, it was it was something. It was a show. It happened. I wasn't alive, but it happened. That's a, that is a fact. As far as shows go, this is one that happened. It, it happened. Yeah, it's 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 really just like because Hogan doesn't turn heel for another year or so. So okay. there's a, this this period where it's just like it's Hogan. Are you familiar with the Dungeon of Doom at all? No. Well, man, oh, no. that's uh, I'll have, I might have to get you on another one. Fuck. <laughs> oh it's no. Like we're, Big Show comes in, and then there's like goblins and monster truck races and people falling off buildings. So I'm sorry, it's a lot of that what? until Hogan turns. Yep, yep. Giant gets thrown off a building, and then him and uh, a man wrapped in toilet paper butt fuck Hogan in the middle of the ring. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, what? thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> I think uh, Matt Ritter from the Smackin' It Raw. I think they covered it at some point in one of their uh, Return to Wrestling. So uh, oh you can get God. you can get his viewpoints if you're really uh, if you're really familiar with it. But speaking of Smackin' Raw, why don't you tell us uh, where you can find the Smacked Raw podcast and uh, about, you know, the kind of rebranding you guys have been going through recently? Yeah, so uh, Smacked Raw, not to be confused with Smackin' It Raw. Mm-hmm. We, we, we stole the name, let's be real. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I just joined, not even Conquered the name. It wasn't me. Yeah. 
It's fine. Um, <laughs> we went on like a two month hiatus after we hit two years. So we rebranded everything. I have my own show now with my co host, Savannah, who's the newest member of the SmackDraw family. Uh, it's called the Sheleet Showcase. We have uh, one episode under our belt. Hell yeah. So far, uh, killing it uh, this Thursday. Uh, I don't know when this will be out. This will be. Uh next wednesday so oh so we'll have two 14. episodes under our belt by then nice yep nice <laughs> so you'll, you'll yeah. have it figured out <laughs> maybe you'll be you'll be experts by then right hopefully <laughs> um no, i did check out your first show and it was a, it was a great watch oh thank you yeah uh adep- so it's not always gonna be like that i was just like well debut let's do something different but i have like yeah. an actual structure for the rest of the shows just like an intro show yeah kind of just like a debut surprise here we are like this is kind of what you'll see yeah. mainly just to get like the dynamic of savannah and i right yeah um but that's twitch.tv slash smackdraw podcast thursday nights 9 p.m eastern i gotta make sure i like specify eastern yeah, yeah. um youtube.com slash smackdraw podcast anywhere you listen to your audio podcast we're on there i don't know them off by heart anymore too many. <laughs> uh and then twitter is smack pod i think i'll I can put it on it's pod or podcast <laughs> I'll, I'll put it all in the description where, whatever it is matters. there you go you'll find it you'll find it wherever <laughs> it is <laughs> somewhere it'll be somewhere i promise <laughs> yeah but all you guys do do a great job over there um i've had rn Thank before you. um definitely would like to have other guys other people from from that little group over there. I'd love to have you out again sometime soon. I would, Hey, I would love, if it's going to be WCW, I think you have to bring me on. <laughs> if it's another uncensored show. You might be busy that day. <laughs> I, I might, but like, we'll see. I'll bring you on a show where there's wrestling next time. We'll put oh, it that thank way. you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Maybe less cotton candy and less uh, renegade, but no promises. <laughs> No problem, but that's okay. (laughs) But yeah, once again, thank you for coming on. No, thank you for having me. Once again, thank you to Katie from the Smacked Raw podcast for joining me on this rootin' tootin' good time. That was WCW Uncensored 1995. Great time with Katie. Would love to have her on again. Uh, Plan to have RN as well in the future from smack draw podcast like i said in the beginning lots of great guys over there lots of cool shows go check them out all their info in the description and as always if you enjoy these wcw reviews and you uh for some reason are interested on my thoughts on the previous pay-per-views to this go to apronbump.com go to the episodes tab select wcw That'll bring you to all of my WCW reviews. You can also select Wrestling Wars of the 90s, and that'll bring you to the chronological timeline of not only WCW, but ECW and WWF in this time period. So it's been a great journey so far. And uh, well, it's been an interesting journey so far because we are in 1995. After all, we're still uh, we're still we're still in the oven. We're still a little undercooked, but uh, we're about to have a delicious uh, meatloaf at the uh, end of this what anyways uh apronbump.com for all my episodes all my social media all of that in the description 
uh, plug me. Uh, what else I got to plug? Uh, you know, I'm plugging this, plugging that, plugging my pee hole. Uh, anyways, there it is. <laughs> um, I'm, I still, I'm over 80 episodes into this and I still haven't really figured out how to, uh, end these shows. So, uh, I'll, I'll just end it like, uh, like Renegade would. Rah! It probably has zero value from an audio perspective, but, uh, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> Thank you guys once again for listening. I'm hard.